This is the fourth CD in Freedom in the Glory series. I'm David, my lovely wife. Joanna. We are the Herobedians Virtual Church Media.com. We're continuing in the series on setting your hope free. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, the Bible says, but a desire fulfilled is like a tree of life. We're going to do a brief recap, and God is going to empower you to go set other people free. God normally does it to us and then does it through us. He does it to us and then he does it through us. Wherever you were wounded the deepest by the enemy, when the Lord heals you, he'll utilize that healing from the wound to go set the wounded and the captive free. When you go back in to a place where God had delivered you from, when you're truly healed and delivered, you'll go back and you'll never look down upon the people that are in that bondage. The only time you look down on them is when you're picking them up and dusting them off. There's a difference between abstinence and deliverance. Abstinence is you're not doing it, you're abstaining. Deliverance is you've been freed. Abstinence is I haven't drank or smoked or chewed, I haven't gone with girls who do for 144 days, glory be to me, myself, and I. But deliverance is 144 days ago. Jesus, the Messiah, set me free. He delivered me. Glory be to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Religion wants you to abstain. Relationship with the Messiah results in you being delivered. Religious people are abstaining, but they're not delivered. And they look down upon people who aren't delivered. And they look down upon them and say, I'm glad I'm not like other people. I haven't drank, smoked, or chewed, or gone with girls who do for 144 days. But delivered people say, oh, my brother, my sister, I understand where you're at. God delivered me from the same stuff. He wants to deliver you too. Let me show you the way. Let me introduce you to the one who can set you free. If you're not yet fully delivered and you've been abstaining, God bless you. But today is your day for freedom in the glory. Today is your day for divine deliverance and for you then to go and release the love of God in the same areas where you once were wounded but now you're healed so you can reach down and grab someone by the hand and pick them up and put them back on solid ground because of Jesus.
there was a man at the gate beautiful. He was crippled from his mother's womb, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Peter and John came to him, and they said to him, Silver and gold have we none, but such as we have give we thee in the name of Messiah Jesus. Rise up and walk. And they took him by the hand, and immediately strength came into his ankle bones, and he began to walk and leap and praise God. The power of the Lord hit him, and he was miraculously healed. Because of this miracle, another 5,000 people came to know Messiah Jesus as their Savior in the first century church in the book of Acts. Well, that was Acts chapter 3. God's got us in Acts chapter 29. As you know, there's only 28 chapters recorded in the book of Acts, but there's no amen at the end of the book of Acts. Matthew ends with amen. Mark ends with amen. Luke ends with amen. John ends with amen. But when you get to Acts, there's no amen because it is not finished yet. It is to be continued. The Acts of the Holy Spirit is what the book of Acts is written by. It's recorded. They're the Acts of the Holy Spirit. There's 28 miracles done by the power of God in the book of Acts. And they happened through the apostles. They happened through Stephen, who was a disciple. They happen. Why? Because the apostles and the disciples and new converts took action. You want miracles to flow through you? God does. All he's asking is for you to hear and obey. And obedience is stepping out and doing an action. And when you do what he shows you, signs and wonders happen because he always confirms the word that is preached with accompanying signs and wonders. Jesus says, Lo, I'm with you even unto the end of the age in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. And the Lord accompanied them, working with them with signs and wonders. Jesus said this in John chapter 5, I never do anything of my own. I only do that which I see the Father do. The things that the Father does, the Son does likewise. And the reason Jesus had such power and healing and miracles and deliverance and was able to walk through the midst of those that tried to throw him off a cliff is he walked in relationship and he didn't do anything other than what he saw his father doing. The things that he saw the father doing on the stage of heaven, he did them on the stage of the earth and then it released God's power in earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, Matthew 6, 10 and 11. So the key to releasing the miraculous, the key to moving in freedom and the glory, the key to causing our hope to arise is hearing 
or seeing and doing. You know, people that are deaf can't hear, but they understand sign language. God speaks in so many different modes and ways that he desires to communicate with us. Sometimes he speaks it to us in the still small voice. Other times he speaks to us in a vision or a dream of the night or a glimpse of the spirit. Or sometimes you just have an unction. You see yourself doing something. You kind of shake your head and then you see it again and then you step out and you do it and God's power is released because it's what the Father already decided to do in heaven. We get to be partners and release the already decided will of God into the earth. He's looking for a few good men and women and children that he can do the decided will through that are obedient to hear and obey. In a recap of Hope Deferred from our previous CD, Hope Deferred makes the heart sick, but when a desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Proverbs 13, 12, that's the King James Version. Another translation reads, Hope Deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. That's the New International Version. And the New Living Translation says this, Hope Deferred makes the heart sick, but when dreams come true, there is life and joy. King Solomon, the wisest Old Testament king said, keep your heart with all diligence or guard your heart with all diligence for out of it, out of your heart springs the issues of life. If we guard our hearts with all diligence, we'll protect it. If things creep into our heart, then our decision-making, all the other issues of life become either tainted, polluted, or at times perverted. But thank God he'll cleanse our hearts and our minds and we can start afresh anytime we call upon him and we return to the highest place with him when we simply change our mind. We repent 180 degrees about face. Metanoia is the Greek word and it means to repent where we return to the penthouse. If we fail to guard our hearts, hope deferred can creep in and cause our hearts to become darkened. But thank God we don't have negatively affected mindsets because the Lord is setting us free layer upon layer. He's peeling it off and granting us the mind of Christ. In recap, the three-phase strategy, the three-phase strategy of hope deferred. Number one, life's very real circumstances that contradict the promises of God. When this occurs, a stronghold begins. Just like when I was incarcerated and writing pellet briefs and appeals and motions, and God set 11 prisoners free in one year in the federal system through my ink pen, he anointed my ink pen and broke the chains and the bondages for those men. Yet I myself lost my case that same year, and I was still looking at another 11 and a half years of incarceration. So I had promises from God that he would set me free, and he did. He set me free spiritually, emotionally, and eventually physically. But through that process, the circumstances of God doing a miracle for me and a miracle for everybody else with mine not coming to pass 
caused a stronghold to try to enter my mind and then the enemy started to work on me. The negative mindset is number two that develops that's contrary to the Word of God. You can become angry, frustrated, you can be disillusioned, and eventually if you're not careful you'll be hopeless. And then the third thing comes in, a demon spirit that comes to oppress our minds and sicken our hearts against God. Once the heart becomes sick, it becomes polluted or bitter, and the enemy will come in through well-meaning family and friends, even pastors, and say things like, well, you know, maybe you just better get married. Take the next guy that comes. Maybe you better take the next girl that comes instead of waiting upon the Lord. You know, when I got out of prison in 2009, I waited upon the Lord for my wife. And people thought that there was something wrong with me. I wasn't dating. They, they, they thought, they said things about me. But then the promise came. And I met my wonderful wife, Joanna. And we started to court. And we dated for about a year. And then we ended up getting married. And I was single and celibate for 25 years. My wife was single and celibate for 16 years. We came together on the wedding night. We did it God's way. But had hope deferred crept in, I might have ended up with something other than God's best for me or divine puzzle piece match, my missing rib. It pays to wait upon the Lord. He'll renew your strength. And when you wait upon him, he does give you double for your trouble as you stay single-minded. So I thank God for my lovely wife, Joanna, and now we're in ministry together and equally matched. And where I'm weak, she's strong. Where I'm strong, she gets stronger. She's amazing. So when these three elements of hope deferred arrive in combination, they become a three-ply cord that's not easily broken, Ecclesiastes 4.12. At this point, we need supernatural deliverance from heaven to set us free. The ironic part is once we get into this third stage of bondage, we usually don't even realize we've been trapped and brought into captivity by the enemy. Some quick statistics. The depression rates have tripled in adults during this last two years. The divorce rate has increased by 300% in the last 25 years. 50% of first-time marriages end in divorce. 60% of remarriages end in divorce. 74% of third marriages end in divorce. There are nearly 2.5 million divorces every year in the United States alone, let alone the rest of the world. The suicide rates, the youth suicide rate has tripled in the last 25 years. Suicide is the second leading cause of death in people ages 10 to 34. Suicide is the fourth leading cause of death among people ages 35 to 54. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death among all age groups. 25% of school students seriously consider suicide every year. That's one out of four. Psychiatric admissions account for 25% of all hospital admissions. Psychiatric admissions account for 25% of all hospital admissions. It's an epidemic in our nation 
and the nations of the world. And it's brought on in part by this subtle strategy of the enemy called hope deferred that the Bible warns against in Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is like a tree of life. Effects of depression. Serious depression, one person said, is equivalent to smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. It doesn't take a toll on your physical heart, but it takes a toll on your spiritual man first, and then it can affect your physical heart. As I was looking at recent statistics, one statistic I found was that 70% of pastors said they regularly fight depression. Now that doesn't mean they are depressed, but they have to stand against it because pastors are often under a larger level of warfare and attack because if you strike the shepherd, the sheep scatter. So pray for your pastor. And if you are a pastor, ask your congregation to pray for you. Don't try to shoulder it all. We are better together and we need one another. A third of pastor's children seek professional help for depression because the children are attacked because of the anointing and the mantle and the calling and the influence upon their father or mother's life. 50% of pastors stated they would leave the ministry if they could, but they can't find another way to make a living. Only one in 10 people who start as pastors actually retire as pastors. That means there's a 90% derailment rate of people that start as pastors. They don't end that way. Hymenaeus and Alexander the coppersmith were derailed in their faith, not maintaining and holding on to the prophetic word of the Lord, the apostle Paul had spoken over their lives. 63% of suicides of youth are raised in a fatherless home. Will you be a father to someone? Will you be a mentor and help reverse that? 90% of homeless runaway children are fatherless. 85% of young people in prison are attributed to a fatherless home. 19.4 million adults in the United States had at least one major depressive disorder. This represents 7.8% of the U.S. population, let alone the rest of the world. This disorder of depression was the leading cause of disability in America last year, let alone the rest of the world. Now remember, I'm pulling recent statistics. The time you listen to this audio, go ahead and research for yourself. But these are shocking numbers, and this is why we're exposing the enemy's strategic plan to use the subtle weapon of hope deferred against you, against me, against your sister, your brother, your nephew, your niece, your child, your grandchild, your pastor, your boss. We are exposing hope deferred so we know the enemy's devices because 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, we are not to be ignorant of the enemy's devices. The enemy's ability to keep us defeated is commensurate or equal to his ability 
to keep us uneducated or ignorant. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. We're no longer going to be uneducated. We're getting the knowledge today, and we're going to be able to help set others free. First we get free, then we go release the good news to others that they too can be free. Here's some warning signs of hope deferred. Diminished desire or energy to go forward. Loss of spiritual vision, purpose or calling. Feelings of frustration, anger, confusion, depression, disillusionment, or despair. One person said, hope deferred is the common cold of the soul. It hinders you from dreaming and from fulfilling your God-given dreams. There's six stages that I found with hope deferred, and you can find out where you've been at in the past, but today you know you're going to be fully set free because God brought you here for such a time as this. I believe many of you got free on the previous CD. And now you're going to learn how to go release freedom in the glory to others. You're going to help restore hope unto others. The first stage of hope deferred is frustration. I remember when I was in prison and people were getting free and I continued to have to knock off those calendar days. And I ended up finally doing 19 years, six months, a week and a day in federal prison. That was a thousand hamburger days. You get a hamburger a week on a Wednesday in federal prison, and I counted them. I had 1,000 hamburger days. That was a lot of hamburgers. The first thing that happens is frustration. You're frustrated. You don't know why. Then a little bit of confusion starts to set in. How are they all getting set free? And even through my ink pen, God, you're doing miracles. When is mine coming? And you get confused. Then you start believing, I may never get out of here. Unbelief is the third thing. And the fourth thing is disillusionment. What is happening? And then the fifth thing, if you're not careful and you don't guard your heart, cynicism sets in. And the cynical heart can lead to the sixth phase, which is bitterness. And once you get to that stage, it's a dangerous place to be. The Bible says, beware lest any root of bitterness lay hold, spring up, cause trouble, and thereby many become defiled. So what we want to do is we want to recognize where we're at in these phases and come out of that tailspin. And as you're listening now, you might think, I'm free now. I'm free. But I recognize others around me are not free. So-and-so is cynical or they're bitter or they're disillusioned, or they have unbelief in the promises of God, or they're confused, maybe they're just frustrated. Let's help release the already decided will of God into their life to loose them from the bondage of hope deferred, to deliver them, and to reveal they have an unseen enemy so they're no longer ignorant of the enemy's devices. Let me read them again. The six stages of hope deferred. Number one, frustration. Two, confusion. Three, unbelief. Four, disillusionment. Five, cynicism. And six, bitterness. 
if we're not careful or we're ignorant of the enemy's devices, these six phases can catapult us into a spiritual tailspin and eventual crash, or as Scripture calls it, shipwrecked in our faith. I believe this is what may have happened to Hymenaeus and Alexander the coppersmith in 1 Timothy 1.18. Son Timothy, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following the prophecies you may fight the good fight, holding on to faith and a good conscience. Some have rejected these prophecies about them, and so have shipwrecked in their faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. We want to be those that don't get derailed in our faith, but re-railed in our faith, and then bring others on God's railroad car of Zion to victory. I love the fact that God used specifically three people that I found in the Bible that overcame hope deferred. Anna the prophetess in the New Testament, Joseph in the Old Testament, and Paul the apostle in the New Testament. Anna waited for the consolation of Israel for 60 years in prayer and fasting. She was a widow. She was celibate. She was sold out to God. She expended her life before the altar of the Lord, praying the prophecy of the coming Messiah into the earth. And God partnered with her and released Jesus the Messiah into the earth. And when she saw him, her heart rejoiced and she saw the consolation of Israel and she knew she would then be able to go home to be with the Lord in eternity because she prayed it into the earth. Joseph was in the prison house age 17 to 30. And from age 30, he went on seven years of feast and then the famine started and then his brothers finally showed up after year two. He was 22 years separated from his brothers who'd sold him into slavery for shekels of silver. And now he was second in command over all of Egypt. He could have done anything he wanted to his brothers and gotten revenge, gotten even, but instead he blessed them and used his God-given position and calling to save two nations. When God exalts you, stay yielded to him. Wield your influence and authority and finances to bring life. Because heaven is our home. We're simply down here recruiting. That's right, our home is heaven. But we get to recruit on the earth for heaven to get people on the glory train. The third one is the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. He was on a boat shipwrecked. He was in a prison. He was beaten with rods. They take rods and they beat the bottom of your feet and they break all the bones in your feet. Because of his love for the Messiah, Jesus, he was persecuted for his faith. 160 plus thousand people this last year were martyred for Jesus worldwide. It's not a new phenomenon. It's been going on. Blessed are you when you're hated 
for my name's sake, Jesus says. If you've been persecuted because you love the Messiah, happy are you for the Spirit of God and glory resteth upon you, 1 Peter 4, verses 12 reading on says. Isn't it exciting that when you're persecuted for his name's sake, I'm not talking about being persecuted for, you know, poor character or personality, but being persecuted for his name's sake, the Spirit of God in His Shekinah glory, the Kabbat of God, the weightiness of His presence that brings celestial realm manifestation of miracles, signs, and wonders rests upon you. If you've been counted worthy to suffer for His name's sake, the Spirit of God in glory resteth upon you. And what happened? Paul was beaten with rods, a cat of nine tails, he was whipped, 40 stripes minus one on different occasions. He was stoned to death and God raised him back to life. He was a day and a night in the deep. He could have given up. He could have just started a rabbinical school or he could have started a Bible college of some sort, a training school. But instead, what did he do? He pressed forward in the upward call in Messiah Jesus. He refused to shrink back under perdition. He refused to allow his heart to become polluted. He guarded it with all diligence, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament canonized scripture that we have today that is the gift that keeps on giving, discipling, and empowering people to live the life. Do you know that once you're in a place of hope deferred or you know others, there's four keys to get delivered instantly. And these keys literally work in every area of your life. I call them the four REs of deliverance. Number one, RE, recognize that you've got an issue. When I was in that prison cell, had to recognize I had a problem. Number two, repent, repent, or repent to return to the penthouse, the highest place with God. Number three, whatever that issue is, renounce it, R-E, renounce it. And number four, now that you've recognized it's a real deal, you've repented, you've turned from it and turned to the Lord, you've renounced it, say, I don't want any part of that thing ever again. Now, the fourth thing is you resist it, R-E, resist. Recognize, repent, renounce, and resist. These four R-E's of repentance or deliverance work in every situation, whether it's deliverance from addiction, deliverance from bondage, deliverance from a mindset of poverty, deliverance from hope deferred, deliverance from anger, deliverance from any category you can think of if you recognize you've got a problem, you repent, turn from it and to the Lord, you renounce it as sin and say, I don't want anything more to do with it. And then if it tries to come back and it comes knocking on your door, you resist. I submit to God and I resist the devil. I resist the temptation. I resist the addiction. I resist the issue and it will flee. James 4, 7, simply say this. I am dead to sin, but alive with God in Christ Jesus. I'm dead to sin, but alive with God in Messiah Jesus. And that's the key.
for deliverance when it tries to come back you just simply say nope that's not an option nope that is not an option the easiest way to maintain your deliverance once you've been delivered is simply say it's no longer an option I've seen people get delivered from nicotine heroin cocaine methamphetamine sex addiction hatred fits of rage they simply say that is not an option for me anymore I've been delivered and I choose to remain delivered when the enemy knocks on their door and tries to offer it to him again they simply say Holy Spirit answer the door I hear him knocking but they can't come in there's a scripture that says when the spirit a demon spirit goes out of a man Jesus said it goes to dry arid places seeking rest but it finds none then it comes back to the house from whence it came out of and it sees the place swept and garnished and it says behold I will take seven other spirits more wicked than myself and the latter state of the man will become worse than the former God wants your house swept garnished and filled with the Holy Spirit so when the enemy tries to come back that you've been delivered from the Holy Spirit answers the door and the enemy flees I want to pray now that God begins to deliver you in every area that's been unresolved because an issue unresolved will evolve but we're going to nip it in the bud we're gonna pluck it out it's resolved we're gonna recognize it's an issue repent turn from it renounce it denounce that thing and resist it I believe my wife is gonna go after some things in the realm of the spirit that in these previous CDs she's been seeing as issues that God wants to address my wife sees very clearly in the spirit and she's gonna to begin to proclaim some things and call some things out and you're gonna feel things break off of you and you're gonna be marvelously set free you're gonna have freedom in the glory and your hope is going to be restored break off right now spirit of darkness that's what trying to get you in the name of Jesus right now I break off the spirit of darkness that's been trying to get you and trying to get you to come into agreement with harming yourself and in the name of Jesus I send the angels of the Lord to you right now and we break it off in Jesus name and we break off every chain right now in the name of Jesus the Lord has set you free we release his anointing fire and love upon you now hallelujah thank you Holy Spirit come like a wind the mighty wind of the Lord freedom over you now in Jesus name hallelujah thank you Lord for touching your sons and daughters right now and setting them free
I thank you, Lord, now for delivering them as your healing oil of joy fills their hearts and their soul and their mind. In Jesus' name. command hope deferred to break off you now. Loose them. Loose them in the name of Jesus. We speak freedom for now. In the name of Jesus. You can also stand in for a friend that's been suffering from hope deferred. Say, Lord, I stand in for them that they might be delivered. I intercede for them and I hold up my hands. For one who's not innocent will be delivered through the cleanness of your hands. Job chapter 20 says, we declare and decree freedom. Lord, look at the cleanness of our hands now that we're clean before you because you've made us clean by your word and by your shed blood. And now, Lord, we intercede for those who are not innocent that they might be delivered by you because you're good. Even as Jesus, the Messiah, was hung up for our hangups, we receive our deliverance and now we intercede and release the deliverance of others, that your name might be glorified in the earth. We thank you for moving people from abstinence into deliverance. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise right now. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I want to give you a final prayer that you can pray with people, over people, and over yourself. It's simply this prayer of deliverance. Lord, I recognize today my need deliverance. Lord, today I recognize my need for deliverance from whether it's hope deferred, whether it's an addiction, whether it's any issue, you can just put that name in there. Lord, today I recognize my need for deliverance from, and then you say that matter. I ask you now in the name of Jesus to set me free from every stronghold of the enemy in my life. I humbly yet boldly come before the throne of grace right now and ask for a complete deliverance from the enemy's mindset, the spiritual forces, and the words that have been spoken over, into, and against my life, including those that I've repeated out of my own mouth and agreed with. I come out of agreement with those words. I recognize I did it. I repent for doing it. I renounce it and denounce it right now. Today, I choose to fully believe your promises concerning my life, and I will accept no compromise. You said I was more than a conqueror. Lord, I believe you. You said I was the head and not the tail. Lord, I believe you. You said I would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I receive and believe you. You said 
by your stripes I am healed. Lord, I believe you and I receive my healing emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, relationally. I receive healing in every realm, in every arena, because you paid the full price on the tree 2000 years ago for me. I want all you have for me. Heavenly Father, I ask you for a sign for good. As the psalmist said, show me a token for good that those that have spoken against me might see it and be ashamed. Show me your fullness and your faithfulness in some way today and in the days ahead as we walk together so that I might have massive confirmation as well as subtle confirmation that you're with me. I believe you said you would never leave me or forsake me. And I believe it's true. Even though I don't feel you all the time, I thank you that I feel you now in this atmosphere. And I thank you that you never leave me or forsake me. And I believe that it's true. I thank you for a fresh injection of hope that pops up because hope floats. And I thank you for causing everything to shift in my behalf because you love me just the way I am. But you love me way too much to leave me in this current condition. Thank you, Lord, for growing me in faith and taking me from glory to glory as you transform me into the image and likeness of your son as you promised. I believe you, Lord, and I receive all the promises of God that are yes and amen in Messiah Jesus right now. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, I know things are different. I'm David, my lovely wife. Joanna. We are the Herobedians virtualchurchmedia.com. Prepare for the next audio CD. It's going to get exciting.